Fabcasters, this is our bar with the Drive Time Podcast. Uh, my my five-year-old so hilarious. She goes, because she never forgets anything I tell her. She goes, Daddy, did you, did you used to worship the Bible? And she's asking that because I told her, I told the kids that one time. I said, man, you know what? Daddy used to worship the Bible. It was like everything to me and uh, all I wasn't a very angry person but I, I believed in the Bible and I even worshiped it and then so I, I was thinking about that today because I heard a podcast of a guy who was uh, ripping up Nabil Qureshi who is with the Lord now Nabil was his it's just been such a big blessing in my life. Um, and he was ripping up Andy Stanley, another person who has marked my life, changed the trajectory of my life forever through some of uh, his sermons. But uh, so this guy, as I was working on my car today, there was this hour-long show, this podcast, of this guy who was getting mad at Nabil Qureshi and, and Andy Stanley for saying that the Bible is is not the, the ultimate... Uh, the starting place for apologetics and in Christianity, and I would I would totally agree with that. Uh, I I'm gonna say this: uh, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible didn't exist, and in the new heaven and the new earth, the Bible doesn't exist. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the Bible here for? If it's just a means to an end, what is the end? And what Jesus talked about more than anything else was the kingdom of God. When he came to preach, it wasn't necessarily to heal people, but it was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. So it's even more than church. It was a message. The kingdom of God was a message that was more more prevalent and heavy um, than the message of the church. So the Bible, the church... Those are two things that are just a means to a kingdom end. They only exist in certain, if, if, if you're a dispensationalist, if you want to say in, in the dispensation of the church age or the dispense, it only exists in that dispensation or that time, that epoch, that era um, to, to fulfill a purpose. That's to get people to live abundant life, life in community, but it isn't everything. Now, there's this guy at work that says, ah, I believe in this. And he would he slaps his Bible every time he says it. And and I, in our in our little men's group, I, I go, hey, hey, brother. I call him by his first name, but I'm not going to say it here. I said, hey, brother, so, so what did people do before we had the Bible? And he had this look on his face, for lack of a better word, a dumbfounded, stupefied look like, I don't know. I don't know. And that's right. What did we do before we had the 66 book canon, right? That was printed as a 66 book canonical text after the Gutenberg press, right? In the 15th and 16th centuries. Like before that, we didn't have a book. 
before that we had manuscripts where people would talk about it. We had, and we never had any, we don't have any originals of manuscripts. So it was like a little bit of manuscript here. For, this is prior 15th century before the Gutenberg press. People just had portions of scripture, manuscripts spread all throughout. I mean, tens of thousands of manuscripts. But before that, before it was even tens of thousands of manuscripts, that is copies of copies of copies of copies of, of the text, <clears throat> they had, there was a, you know, there was 66 originals. Well, I don't know if that's that, that number, but um, there was the originals. And then before that, it was word of mouth. And so people would talk and they would say, hey, have you met Jesus? Yeah, me too. So what, what, how did he speak to you? How did he touch you? How did he, how, how has he changed you? How, are you? how are you now living in the abundant life? What's the Holy Spirit been doing in your life? That's, that was pre-66, 40 plus or minus authors of the Bible canon. That's what it was. And then that's, that's what it will always be is, is God using speaking to man however way he wants to whether it's through a burning bush whether it's through a donkey whether it's audibly from from heaven whether it's through the word or through the through people and he's given us the holy spirit and gifts of discernment and, and the whole body collectively in the church we're we're supposed to function together we're, we're supposed to function as a as a body of christ so um Anyways, this guy was just knocking on Nabil Qureshi and, and Andy Stanley, and he was angry the whole time. And, and I wonder, I wonder if, if someone is so passionate about theology, um, I, I wonder if, if, it's, if that's the case because theology is really just, com it's a comfortable topic. If I start talking about sin, then I, then I actually have to get honest with myself and and transparent and vulnerable with people but if I if I only stick to theology and then putting other people down who don't believe like I believe then it becomes really comfortable and I could I could hang out there all day I used to I'm a recovered I'm a recovered Pharisee I, I know I know what it's like but um, in any case my heart broke my heart broke for the guy um, so I, I don't know. I want to encourage people not not to do that. All right, Fabcasters. Then let's if, believers. If you're going to get into apologetics or trying to correct people for the doctrine that they have, um, first of all, share 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 the gospel. Do it. Speak the truth in love and in grace and in mercy. But also share your life. Like like role model. Um, full disclosure and exposure so that you, we can help other people practice full disclosure and exposure and just role modeling that everybody is in need of the Savior who saves us from shame, who saves us from guilt and all this hanging out in ethereal level theology. Um, there's a bunch of people like this in church who all they want to talk about is theology and I'm saying that it, that they, they do that because it's comfortable. You could talk theology for a week and never expose the fact that you're addicted to porn or you're molesting your child or you cheated on your spouse or you're cheating on your taxes or, you, or you, the, so on and so forth. I'm so frustrated that I can't even talk. 
It's like, who cares about your perfect theology? I want to know something about you. It's like the guy at work that says, my, my dad proved that Jesus doesn't exist. I don't care what, what, about your dad's theory that Jesus doesn't exist. I want to know what keeps him up at night. I want to know what makes him cry. I want to know what he's hiding from his wife so we could sit down with him and show him the path to freedom. There's a bunch of people who are whose theology is squared away, but they're cruel and mean and crass people. And, and it's just evil and offensive in God's sight because there's no love. And um, I'm gonna end with a song that I learned back in the 80s when I was a kid. It goes, it goes, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and anyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God, and he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. All right, Fabcasters, I hope that song sticks in your mind for the rest of your life, because it's truth. Love you guys. Peace.